0: Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Hey, have you ever battled with feeling guilty? Anybody besides me ever battle with feeling guilty? So today I felt like at the very beginning of this Memorial Day weekend, I should just help you deal with guilt, Okay. One of the things I've learned a long time ago is that if you just confess guilt, get it out in the open, you'll feel better. So I'm just going to lead you through an exercise today to help you uh, to see if if you've ever been guilty of these. Have you ever been guilty of calling somebody buddy because you forgot their name? (laughs) Have you ever been guilty of stumbling and turning it into a funny dance? Have you ever been guilty of taking time off of the internet on your computer to only check out the internet on your phone? Have you ever been guilty of hitting the elevator button multiple times? Have you ever been guilty of reading the directions on a box of food, then throwing it into the trash, and then retrieving it because you forgot what you've already read? Have you ever been guilty of accidentally sending a text to the person that you're talking about? Have you ever been guilty of using the bathroom at someone's house and then peeking in their medicine cabinet? Have you ever been guilty of lowering the music on your car stereo so you can see better? Is that crazy or what? What? Have you ever been guilty of searching for your phone and it's in your hand? Have you ever been guilty of offering somebody some transparent fake laughter? Have you ever been guilty of pretending not to be disappointed when you get a birthday card and there's no cash in it? I've been studying this week guilt just for the fun of it, and I find that there are a lot of top guilts. In fact, it says that one of the guilts that we all face is food guilt. And that about 29% of us that are here this morning feel guilty about food that we're eating. Those of you who stopped by the kitchen that are, on the, that are serving today, you're probably guilty because you, instead of one donut, you ate several donuts. Or instead of one bag of Cheetos, you ate several bags of Cheetos, right? Feel guilty. There are other types of guilt. There's like mom guilt, right? You just find it's hard to measure up as a mom. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you feel guilty because you're not working and have a career. If you're working and have a career, you feel guilty because you're not staying home. And then if you've got that friend who's really good on Pinterest and posts all those things, really makes you feel guilty, right? Right. I mean, they never forget anything. They never forget the school party. They never forget to bring cookies. They never forget anything. And you, you forgot to pick up your kid this week. There's a lot of guilt that are mom guilt. And then there's the guilt or just general guilt. I mean, we live in a world, where, you know, I should have said no. I should have said yes. I'm guilty about this. I'm guilty. And then there's spiritual guilt. Well, you know, I just don't serve enough. I don't give enough. I told a lie. I said a bad word this week. You know, one of my favorite country songs is, I love Jesus, but I cuss just a little. <laughs> it's a real song. And uh, you say, I just, I just love Jesus, but I just, there's just so many things I feel guilty. Well, if you find yourself feeling guilty, I want to help us today to understand that how Jesus deals with the guilt that's in our life. We're in a series called I Didn't Say That by Jesus, and we've been looking at popular phrases or, or things that people think that are in the Bible, like YOLO. We talked about that the first week. You only live once. And then we talked about karma, and then we talked about, well, there's the, there's the lie that you deserve to be happy. We said, no, we deserve to have joy, not happy. And then we talked about the lie that God will never give you more than you can handle. So if you miss any of these, I encourage you to go back to the archives and watch them. And last week we talked about just follow your heart. Jesus never said that. He said follow the Word and follow the Spirit. And so today, I want to deal with what I hear somebody saying at times. Well, I'm just too far gone to be saved. I've done too many wrong things. You, you, you know people like that, don't you? You know people in your estimation that you think, you know what? They will never be reached for God because they have too far gone. Too far gone. So I want to look today at a passage of Scripture to see someone that just in minutes before eternity, and he makes a decision for Jesus. He wasn't too far gone. And we're going to look today in Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23 talks about the final hours of Jesus's life. Jesus is God's son. He came to rule and reign. But in this passage, instead of wearing a golden crown on his head, he has a crown of thorns. Instead of having himself surrounded by servants, he's surrounded by people that are mocking him and ridiculing him. Instead of sitting on a throne, he's hanging on a cross. Luke 23, verse 32, 33, if you have it in your Bible, you can look on the Sky Bible up here. Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him, with Jesus. When they came to the place called the Skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. I want to talk a little bit about this morning about death by crucifixion. Death by crucifixion with the Romans was one of the most painful, brutal ways that anyone could die. It was not only physically painful, but it was also shamefully painful. Because when you would die on the cross, they would strip you naked and hang you on the cross. Uh, The scriptures said, cursed or shameful is anyone who dies on the cross. And that's where Jesus, we find Jesus today. Not with a loincloth stripped naked, humiliated, shamed. He's bearing the shame and humiliation so that you and I could be free. Crucifixion starts with a scourging, a Roman scourge. The Roman soldiers would tie you to a pole. They would take off your garment. They had what they call a cat of nine tails. It was a whip They could hold in their hand, and it had nine different leather pieces, and at the end of each piece of leather was bits of bone and bits of metal and bits of glass, that when they would lash you, they would lash you 39 stripes, 39 times, and it would rip into your flesh. It would actually just uh, lay bare your internal organs. Many of people died by loss of blood. Many people went into shock and died. There in the scourging. After that, then you would have to carry your own cross to be crucified. They would take it to the place of the skull. They'd lay the cross down. They would take seven-inch spikes, and they would put it in your wrist, and they would put it in your heels. And then they would crucify you, and then they would put you on a cross. And the only way that you could breathe, because you're hanging like this, The only way you could breathe is pull yourself up by the nails that's in your wrist and the nails that's in your heels, and you gasp for a breath, and you slump down. And gasp for another breath. The Scripture says that they came by, and they spat upon Jesus, and they mocked him. Now, we look on movies, and we see crosses real high up in the air, those of you that went with us to Israel year before last and would love to go with us in 2023, we're going back again. Our guide said Romans at that particular time didn't crucify people on a huge lifted up cross. Because after all, if they spat upon him and that cross is up high, how could you ever get a loogie that high, right? No, it was right at ground level so that you could walk by, you could spit on them, and you could see them and mock them. So here's Jesus hanging with the criminals. It's excruciating pain. Sometimes people would go mad and they would die by suffocation or sheer exhaustion. So uh, uh, sometimes people would last for four days. And it says, when you study history, that the Romans, because of mercy, would come by with a club, and they would beat your knees, and they would beat your legs until they would break, so that you no longer could pull yourself up, and you would suffocate, and you would die. Crucifixion was reserved for the worst criminals these guys that were crucified with Jesus weren't pickpockets. They had done something very horrible, deserving of a very expensive, very painful, very shameful death. And Jesus is there on the cross between them and he prays. Now I don't know about you, but if I'm the son of God and I got all power I want, I just might be tempted to pray, "God, send those Rambo angels division." And wipe these people out and get me off this cross. How many of you honestly that's that's sort of what you feel like you'd like to pray, right? But that's not what he prayed. Listen to his prayer. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Verse 39 of Luke 23 says, one of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us while you're at it. Listen to this arrogant, prideful, guilty man. Not asking for mercy, not asking for grace, but hurling insults like everybody else towards Jesus. If you really are the Messiah... Then the other thief, the other criminal, rebuked the first one. Look at verse 40. The other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man hasn't done anything wrong. He's saying, we are guilty. We're being punished. We're getting what we deserve. But not this man. Now, You say you're too far gone to be saved? This man, this man is minutes away from eternity. Minutes away. But what does he do? I don't know if he had heard stories about Jesus. I don't know if it's just something captivating by being in the presence of Jesus. Or maybe he's one of those who'd heard Jesus teach. But on that particular day, Even though he knows that he's being punished for what he deserves. Even though he knows that he's a sinner. Even though he knows he's getting what he deserves. Listen to him as he cries out for grace. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. Let me tell you what Jesus did not say. He didn't say, dude, you're too far gone to be saved. No, buddy, you're on your way to hell because of the way you lived your life, where the worm never dies and there's gnashing of teeth. It's too late for you. Jesus didn't say, no, no, I'm not going to forgive you. I was preaching the Sermon on the Mount and you were there. And you weren't paying any attention. You were on your phone playing video games and Instagram scrolling. You had your chance, and you missed it. No. Let me tell you what Jesus said. Jesus said to the criminal who couldn't do anything to earn his right standing with God. He says to a criminal who could not do any good works, He says to a criminal who couldn't turn over a new leaf because he's hung on the cross. He says to a criminal who couldn't get baptized. He says to a criminal who couldn't join the church. He says to a criminal who could never give an offering. He says to a criminal who can't lift his hands and worship God. He couldn't do one thing to save himself. And you're sitting here today or you're listening online and you're saying, I've done too much. I've gone too far. There's no way. Excuse me? He's minutes from eternity. And Jesus says to us, you're sitting in the Father's house this morning or you're watching online and you think you've committed too many sins? You think you've gone too far? You think you're too old? Let me tell you. Let me tell you what I said to this man that was moments from facing an eternity lost. lost. As he cries out and says, have mercy on me. Jesus said, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Your sins will be forgiven. Even though you can't earn it. Even though there's nothing you can do to deserve it. I'm going to show you grace. Today you will be with me in paradise. But we say, that's not fair. He doesn't deserve to be saved now as he's rejected Christ all of his life. He doesn't deserve to be saved now after all that he's done, all the people that he's hurt, all the sins that he's committed. He doesn't deserve to be saved. But wait a minute. Ephesians 2 and 3 says, In the past, all of us lived like that, trying to please our sinful selves, we did all these things our body wanted to do like everyone else in the world. We deserved to suffer God's anger just because of the way we were. By the very nature of our life, we deserved wrath. We deserved punishment from God. But the scripture says in verse 4, but God. Boy, aren't you thankful for that phrase you see so many times? But God. But God is rich in mercy, and he loved us so very much. We were spiritually dead because of all that we've done against him. He gave us new life together in Christ. You have been saved by God's grace. Listen to me. Jesus did not come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. Verse 8 says, I mean that you've been saved by grace because you believed. You did not save yourselves. It is a gift from God. You've not been saved by works. Well, you know, I'll just, I'm going to do better. And and then after I get my life together and I get straightened out, then, then I'll serve Jesus. Thief on the cross can do nothing except he appeals to the mercy of Jesus. Listen, you're never going to get yourself straightened out. You're never going to turn over enough leaves. You have to realize today it's simply believing that he is the Son of God, that he died for our sins, that on the third day he rose again, so that anyone, and that includes you who calls on the name of the Lord, can be saved. If you believe that today, give the Lord a hand clap and say, Yay, God! Imagine this scenario. Jesus says, Okay, I I forgive you of your sins. And they are crucifying you now for something you don't deserve. Because I'm paying for your sins. And so a Roman soldier hears that. And they say, Oh, hey, this this man is not deserving of death because the other man is paying his penalty. So they take him off the cross. They bind up his wounds. A few weeks later, he's able to move around. What do you think? What kind of lifestyle do you think he would be living? I think everywhere he went and everybody he saw, he would say, Let me tell you, I was moments from eternity. I was moments from losing my life. I was dead, as good as dead. But this man, Jesus, he forgave me of my sins. He took the penalty. And I'm telling you, he loves you. Everybody he would see, he would tell them about the love of Jesus. He would use every gift that he had to point people towards Jesus. Can you imagine what that would be like? Spend the rest of his life devoted. You see, listen, every gift, every talent, That he had would be used to build the church and to build the kingdom of God. Every gift and every talent that God has given you as a believer should be used to build his kingdom, not your kingdom. I see people in whom have have a ministry or they have a calling. And they're all the time working about, well, my ministry or my calling or God will open up doors for me to do this or open up doors for me to do that. And all the time I need to remember that God gave me a gift and a calling to use in his church and to use in his kingdom. And if he opens up anything else, I'm just giving him thanks. But I'm going to use it to build his kingdom and to build his church. If we look at that and we say, well, surely he felt that way. But you see, this, this criminal story is my story. I was dead. In sin, undeserving, unworthy, guilty. And the innocent one, Jesus, the Lamb of God, took my sins and your sins. Psalm 103, verses 10 through 12 says this. In fact, would you read it out loud with me? We have sinned against him, but he didn't give us the punishment we deserved. His love for his followers is as high above us as heaven is above the earth. And he has taken our sins as far away from us as the east is from the west. Look okay. at we've sinned against him. But he didn't give us the punishment that we deserved. You've sinned against him. You're sitting here this morning. You're watching online. You've rejected him over and over and over. But his love for us is high as above the heavens above the earth. And he takes our sins. And he moves them as far as the east is from the west. Notice he doesn't say the north from the south because you can find the north pole and you can find the south pole but you see if you start moving in the the east direction if you keep going to the east you find yourself in the west you'll never know where that is and he says you're struggling with all the sins that you've ever committed And you're thinking, how in the world can I ever make those right? How can I ever change those? And he says, when I come into your life and forgive you of your sins, I took those sins on the cross. And he says, it is finished. He's simply saying, I'm taking all of those sins off of you. And the only way that you'll ever remember is you keep digging them up. That's the issue with some of you. You keep digging up. Well, I did this, and I did that, and I did something else. And we come to Jesus, and we say, Jesus, you know, I did all those horrible things. And he says, I'm sorry, I don't remember that. Because when I covered your sins, when I took your sins, I separated them from you and from me as far as the east is from the west. And when God sees me today, he sees me through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And he sees me cleansed and made whole. He's hanging there, and at the sixth hour, Jesus says, it's finished. And he gave up his life. They didn't take his life. He gave up his life. It must have been so evident because it said that a Roman soldier looked and believed. Because it wasn't like, I'm dying. But it was no like. He ended his life with such a divinity that it reached a Roman soldier because he's in charge. It's finished. The earth began to shake and quake. For three hours it was total darkness. Everything was silent. No hope. No life. Took Jesus down from the cross. Put him in a borrowed tomb. Day one, nothing happens. Day two, nothing happens. Day three, the women go. The stone is rolled away. Jesus is not there because the work that God sent him to do was completed. It was perfect. It was done. The enemy can no longer hold our sins against us when we are in Christ. It's because of what Jesus did. And our sins are forgiven. If you walked in today maybe the guilt that you're carrying is so heavy and it seems like you can never get rid of that guilt but the scripture says if I confess it to him our God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness You're not here by accident today. You're here to experience His grace. Maybe you feel dead inside. Jesus didn't come to make bad people good, He came to make dead people live. And we give Him glory and honor for that. Would you bow your heads? Maybe today you just feel guilty and so far away from Jesus, and you feel the weight of your guilt. Maybe you're a church person. You've gone to church all of your life, but it's all in your head, not in your heart. You've never really surrendered your heart to Jesus. Or maybe you're here today, and you're not really a church person. You've hardly ever come to church in your life, but you just know today that something is drawing you towards Jesus. You can't explain it, but God's grace is drawing you, and he's saying today is the day. You say, well, who is this Jesus? He's the Son of God who was perfect in every way. He died on the cross, and on the third day he rose again so that anyone, the Bible says, so that anyone, and that includes you. It doesn't matter how far you've gone away from him. It doesn't matter how dark your life feels. It doesn't matter how much guilt you have. It doesn't matter how dead you feel. The scripture says, anyone who calls on his name will be saved and forgiven. That's why you're here today. That's why you're watching online today. As everyone is praying just now, those of you that are here and say, you know what, Terry, I am guilty, I need his forgiveness. I need his healing. I need his peace. I don't understand it all, but I feel him drawing me, and I want the joy. Yeah, I feel dead inside. I want to feel alive. I'm ready to turn from my sin today and surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you, as every head is still bowed and every eye is closed and we're praying, would you lift your hand and make eye contact with me and say that's me Terry. Today I want to invite Jesus into my life. Just lift your hand, let me see. I want to pray with you, I want to believe with you today. Say, "Yeah, that's me." I don't understand it all, but I feel him drawing me right now. And I want to pray. Those of you that are watching online, would you do the same just lift your hand right where you are. Today's the day. Today's the day that I'm inviting him into my life. I've been thinking about it, don't understand it, but I feel him drawing me today. And I want his peace. I want him in my life. Let's pray this prayer with those who raised their hand. Maybe you wanted to raise your hand, but you didn't. Let's pray this prayer together. Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. I call upon your name, Lord. And you said if I did, I could be saved. Thank you, Jesus. Fill me with your spirit as best as I know how. I want to serve you. Church. Would you celebrate with me today with those who prayed that prayer? Come on. Would you pray that prayer? Celebrate with me today. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.